Hello, and welcome to Karma Club, a weekly salon for serious thinkers hosted by Dr. Francine Hardaway. Karma Club is streamed live on several platforms and is also downloadable as a podcast. Support the show by buying Karma Coins at rally.io slash creator slash karma. Hey, just wanted to say hi. Hi. I've done this. I've done this so many times from Clubhouse, and every time I do it from Clubhouse, it shuts off on Twitter spaces as soon as I leave. And so today I'm going to stay. And uh, we yeah. are also live on call-in, so uh, welcome to those who are joining us on call-in side. And welcome to those who are joining us on clubhouse if it's already started uh it will start right now because that is that is where uh barbara annis will be right and guta and a couple of other people that i enlisted in this process and i guess i'm gonna have to open um my browser so that I can see who's on Clubhouse. Yep. I'm just going to be starting that room up. Uh, okay. Do one of you have two devices? How are you doing it? Who, me? Uh, yeah. It's a mixer with two devices. Three devices, actually. Three devices. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so we're live yeah. on all three platforms right now. Okay. So I still, can I see Clubhouse? Oh, that's because I need the room link from Clubhouse. Uh, Yep, and I will send that to you. And welcome (laughs) all on Clubhouse's side. And you're hearing uh, us on three platforms live, and all channels are connected from Twitter spaces where uh, right now Francine is, but she's actually here as well through me. And So Francine is, um, in her usual way, trying to learn something new about how all these technologies work. Heyman has been doing this for me, and we've been broadcasting through all three uh, channels for uh, quite a while. And welcome all again. Uh, So, uh... Welcome, everybody, to this week's meeting of Karma Club. This Karma Club is a labor of love. It is a salon that I hold about important topics uh, discussed from points of view that you don't usually hear by people who know stuff and yep. are, are, are not oh, sorry. looking for one clout. second. We are... Um, uh, one oh, second. Dr. No, Pak Tang? Yeah, she just informed talk? me. She just informed me that the sound was not fully coming through from the thing, and now it should be. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay, Dr. Pak Tang, do you have anything you. else you would like to say? And here's um, Barbara Anders. Dr. Francine, I didn't hear a thing you said now on you have. Twitter Sorry. Spaces, but now, now I can hear you. Yeah. Yes. That was my fault. Sorry. Uh, okay, so blame it on the man. <laughs> yes, <laughs> especially given the room the today. Man, always <laughs> the man. No, I have to be so careful of uh, not hurting Heyman's feelings because <laughs> I need him so badly. No, you can play, seriously, honesty is the most important bedrock of any relationship, right? So That's right. So it's exactly it's better right. to be honest than have a blow up later on. So Okay, this room 
This room is brought to you by the Karma Club. And before we actually, by the Karma Coin. And the Karma Coin is a coin that you buy just for um, love of supporting creators and artists. And, and actually supporting me. <laughs> so I don't, it's not like I make money off of Karma Club. But I feel good because I have a big community. Um, in the beginning, uh, the coin used to go up. Now it doesn't go up anymore. But that's okay because I'm, I'm still here and I'm still committed to supporting artists. And great. Okay. And now I'm able to get, see who is on Okay. Yeah, and Great. also Hi. on uh, call-in side, we've got Lucia from France. Uh, hi, Lucia. And Catherine is on Twitter Spaces along with uh, Francine. Francine. Oops. Oh, my God. That was Lucia. Sorry. It's, Don't all... Right. it's all good. This is what always happens. <laughs> nice to be back and listen to you guys. Hi. Hi. Hi, hi Barbara. Uh, are you on Bermuda time? I think I uh, am. Friends, yes, I am. Seeing you have to turn off one of your microphones. You've got, I think you've got two going on somewhere. Are you? Oh, you're in Bermuda. Oh, right. What time is it? It's three o'clock. I read this, you know, incredible piece on CNN about how women who had left the Ukraine, you remember that at the beginning, uh, the, the women were asked to leave the Ukraine with their children and men were asked to stay. And apparently uh, many different people, women left, and I'm going to assume got their children to safety. And then, there were all these pictures of them getting on trains to come back to Ukraine to help fight in the war. And I was tremendously, in, not only impressed by that, but I have a theory about 21st century war, which is that it's absurd. And every woman on earth knows it's absurd, you know, and, 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 I think women can have a tremendous impact on this on this war and I think that they will just have an impact by being there and helping and I was led to this by a completely different idea which uh reading Barbara Annis's book has given me which is that, you know, the original book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, um, can be applied to the corporate world, which Barbara did, or also to the military world, or also to um, anybody, you know, to anybody. Because there really is a difference between the way men think and the way women think. And I know this because I go in Piotr's rooms 
all the time. And Piotr's rooms are the big picture war rooms. And they're full of men. And it's very bizarre. Because (laughs) the men do think in a completely different way from the women. The, The men are all interested in tactical issues. You know, we have this many uh, tanks, we hit this many tanks, um, we have this much food, we've got this city half taken. They put up maps and they look at things from that perspective. Whereas the women come on and, and it's the women's opinions are welcomed in that room, by the way. Although often once the women start, they're shouted down by the men. Um, they're, they are in principle welcomed, but the women are always saying things that provide context. Like, you know, what do we know about Putin's childhood? Or, you know, where could we entice him not to, uh, not to, uh, become involved, you know, not to go any further. And that's interest, more interesting to me because this morning, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger re- released a video. And Heyman, can you um, ask uh, yep. Rick Sanchez ago, to come up? Of California, yep. and, Arnold Schwarzenegger. If he can, and yep. um, frankly, if he can. Yep. And... And also pin Rick Sanchez's, uh, pin Arnold Schwarzenegger's video. I have. Okay. He has released this video. It's absolutely incredible. And you should all find a way to watch it. It's addressed to the Russians. And it talks to them in extremely human terms. And, you know, it's... If I didn't know Arnold Schwarzenegger, I would have assumed that this would be the kind of video um, that a woman would release. And I want to know what Barbara Annis thinks about that, because what it shows is enormous humanity and human sensitivity and the idea that um, that. Well, the idea that the Russians are getting disinformation, but also the idea that there are other ways to handle what's happening. So I just want to refer you all all to that. Barbara? Thank you. Yes, absolutely, Dr. Francine. You're speaking First to the of research. All, have you seen the video? No, I have not, but I know... My- Arnold and Maria really, really well. And I know that Maria Schreiber has influenced Arnold's (laughs) Arnold's thinking and his daughter has influenced Arnold's thinking over the years. So he's really, you know, I was actually, um, is this being recorded? Uh, Yes. Okay. So I'll pass on the confidentiality of that piece. But anyway, so I'm aware of that. And uh, I just want to reiterate what you said, Dr. Francine, around the fact that men and women's brain are wired differently and men in men during stress they become more 
tactical, much more transactional. What are the facts? What is the strategy, right? And women become much more relational, personalize, internalize it, and tries to understand the deeper context, right? The wider context. How does it connect to his childhood? How can we appeal to his heart and his soul? That type of thing. So, and that happens in corporate, and happens in war, it happens in policing, you know. And there's even a 40 year old study, longitude study around women representing the front line in police, it actually de-escalates conflict. And men in the front line of emergency situations escalate the conflict. So it's really that having that gender balance, really understanding that women becomes more reflective and more risk-wise, right? And men tend to take more risk. So really important to have. And kudos to Piotr. He does encourage the voice of women in his room, as you know, Dr. Francine, right? He says women's first or ladies first. Yeah, it's really, it's great when you go there because you do sometimes get shouted down by a man, but not until you've started your point. And it's never a man who has been in the room all along. You know, it's a, you know, it's a man who comes in halfway through and doesn't know what the rules are. Exactly. And then it gets influenced by Piotr or others saying that's not how we operate around here, right? Um, and that, that has evolved in Clubhouse. When Clubhouse first started, there was a lot of drowning of women's voices. And it was actually black women who spoke up saying, wait a minute, you're interrupting me. You're dismissing me. You know, there was actually a four-hour room. I don't know if you were part of that many, many moons ago in Clubhouse that talked about these challenges around discrimination against women. But it's evolved and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. But I want to go back to the Ukraine conversation because I think it's super important yeah, that's the one we want to have. What are those yeah. women doing there and what can they do? Yeah. So we can distract lessons uh, from war, like Liberia. And I know that very, very well because being part of Howard Kennedy School, we brought the pre- president of Liberia and other women who were really the influencers when the war ended there and democracy was instilled, right, in 2003. And the women did something very different, right? They, they, they decided to really reach the men's heart and not meet them with warring, right? And really was about peace. They even uh, chained themselves around a military building for, for like 24-7 for days and days and days to encourage them to put their arms down. And there were so many things. They even went on strike with their husbands, you know, no sex <laughs> strike. So the husbands would leave their, we- drop their weapons and join the peace mission, you know. So there were so many different things. That's a weapon of another kind. <laughs> there you go, right? But, but, you know, they did it. And it was just amazing to see how they, they declared that there was another way of, of ending this. And both the Muslim and the Christian women got together. So there wasn't any divisiveness there. It was all about we're in it together. We're mothers. We're daughters. Our country is is one of our children, that type of thing. And that's what's happening in Ukraine. We're, we're seeing that. And we don't know how many stories we're going to be gaining from this as as this evolves and hopefully ends very soon. So I just want to pass it over to you, Dr. Francis. And also, I just wanted to uh, invite Cesara, who's already on our stage. And Cesara, uh, for many of you who already know her, uh, Cesara, do you want to explain what you've been doing during this time? Because I know I've heard your, some of your story. Um, and are you back or are you still uh, helping on the ground? Um, yeah, no, I'm in um, Romania. Hello, everyone. 
Romanian. Basically, I told to Heyman earlier on that um, I was uh, having a training for um, the volunteers that they are helping refugees at the border. So psychological training, because basically we are having a lot of volunteers that they never um, experienced support for um for war refugees so they experience some of them like for different refugees but for war refugees and especially now that we have a lot of women uh, and a lot of uh, children so yeah from my point of view regarding the w- women leadership um what i've noticed is that um for example when i tried to like we had volunteers like men a lot of men volunteers but we tried to to make some selections like maybe some of them to go to to be drivers or to do other things and just uh put at the borders the women volunteers because also the refugee women that um are coming they feel more comfortable in the moment when they see other women that are at the border waiting for them. And we have to understand that many times it's the language barrier. Um, the refugees are not speaking, a few of them are speaking English, but now the, the last waves in the last days, compared, like I'm here from the first day of the war. So in the first days were different type of refugees, different status, like we could communicate in English uh, more easy. Uh, now it's a bit more difficult with the language, but we have a lot of programs as well. So what I wanted to emphasize in the role of women is that these women that are coming from Ukraine as refugees, they are, um, they are powerful as like, let's say maybe some of them, they walked for 50 kilometers um, because they were not having other uh, way of transportation. Maybe some of them, they haven't slept, but um, still they, they, they think sometime like, you know what, I'll put my, my children in a safe space and I'll just go to stay in a city next to the border. Maybe I need to go back in my country. So now what I was doing, because, you know, it's like already like we have um, PTSD and trauma and also the volunteers, they started to experience the same because they are not robots, they are not machines and they uh, they started to be tired. And we need to to know how to, to make these women, even if they have this driveness that they want to go back and to help their country, to understand that. Also, like they need to, to, to know their limit because it's something to, to have this driveness because, well, your body and your mind is telling, I'll go there and I'll fight and I, I'll be like a man. But also maybe, you know, after they cross the border back, they regret and they think about their children. So we start to, to balance a bit and to try to, um, like what I try to do to, with the volunteers is to try to make them to help the refugees' mothers to think twice, to a little, to, to listen to them and to ask the proper questions in order to help the refugees to answer them what they really want. So there, because can I ask it's you a, a chaos and also they don't know what's happening with them. But yes, women are incredible. Sarah, can I ask you a couple of questions? And Heyman, will you ping Gouda into the room yep. on Clubhouse? Um, 
Where are the children? I mean, when you say the children, Zara, when you say that the children are in a safe place, what does that mean? What what kind of safe place? Yes. So basically, uh, all the children should be uh, with their parents, like at least with one parent, uh, meaning safe place like Many women are crossing with their mothers, their sisters, aunties. So, like, um, they will let the children with, um, I don't know, maybe the old ladies or some of their sisters and in some houses. <laughs> Family like, members. Uh, how, volunteering houses from normal people. That's why, like, the volunteers are tired at the moment. After so many weeks, like, uh, tonight I had, like, a lady that she used to be a diplomat and for the past weeks every day she she had refugees in her house and because she's a lady and she she tried to to have like women like uh, pregnant women or women with small small children and she was exhausted and in i mean dr Franson, safe place means the authority places that they have as well like um, the setup of the authorities, this for the the ladies that they say, I want to go back. But majority of them, like for me, like I'm based in Romania, and Romania, it's a transit place. It's like so many, they want to reach Poland, uh, Germany, or other countries. So it's basically a transit place. And those that they have this driveness that I want to go back, they always want to stay a bit more like in cities next to the border, like to the north part of the country border. Yeah, if I was talking about that. But I jumped in the middle of the discussion, so... No, 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 great. Thank you uh, for that insight. No, that was that was fabulous. And um, I, while we're waiting to see if Guda comes in, I'll tell you what she told me this morning that, that really shocked me, which is that the borders have become a place for child trafficking. And that these mothers leave their children in other people's hands. And that is a huge danger. Yes, exactly. That's why we are trying to train the volunteers and everyone to, to communicate with the mothers, to don't, um, to don't abandon their children or just to lose them, even like throughout their eyes, because sometimes maybe they are tired, they've worked for so long, and they, they simply like how to say, they cannot pay attention, proper attention. It's not that um, they do it intentionally, but they are traumatized mothers and the war already is, is for a couple of weeks. So it's a difference between uh, how the mothers could take care in the first week of the war and how they take now after so many days of war. So, yeah, it's a normal thing that can happen, just like not that they are negligent, but yeah, so we are trying to make the volunteers and to, to spread the word, like to emphasize that mothers need to take very well care of their children. And it's true because in the newspapers already, it was awareness about a lot of uh, trafficking and they already caught some, I think in the newspaper, it was some Chinese that they they were trying to, or I don't know. Yeah. What's the name of your organization, Cesara, that you work for or you're a part of? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's an NGO called 
Gigs for Democracy. Gigs for Democracy, okay. Yeah, we we made some some programs as well. Um, I can share it with you. Uh, there are websites where people can find in real time accommodation according to the city where they wanna stay. Translating um, also like centers because um, basically I have my NGO, but for many years, but I'm under the the gigs for democracy. So it's backed by the government. It's super safe. Also, because we had like at the beginning a lot of like in the first weeks, it was a bit chaotic. But now I think as much as possible, it's organized. But still, um, we should be very careful. Like it's what we are saying that um, uh, safety also for the population of volunteers is priority. Because from both sides, you know, can be problems. I mean, like safety, meaning like when I'm saying like um, refugees can have, like we had some incidents of uh, nightmares or um, uh, normal trauma events of refugees. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the volunteers were became to stay with, they tried to help, but they started to be victims as well. So it's something normal. Like we have to to be very clear as much as possible for both sides. So so you're not it's, asking pe- people to get involved or do you want people to get involved? What do, what do you think? No, no, of course. Like um, we need to, to help because it's something humanitarian. I mean, hum- humanitarian. But I'm talking about like what I had a meeting tonight with volunteers, there are volunteers that are like not coming from medical background. It's almost one month since they are volunteering every day after work or something. And like we try to give help, like from my side, what I'm doing at this point, I'm trying to give help to the volunteers who can help as much as possible and also for them to be safe and how to, to volunteer in a safe way, in the safest way possible for them as well. Okay, suppose young women from the United States wanted yeah. to volunteer. How, how yeah. would a woman from the United States go about I, doing that? Yeah, I what, think what, Red Cross... What do you need besides yes. a passport? Yeah, I think Red Cross, they already have um, a program where volunteers from um, around the globe can come and and start volunteering. It's Red Cross and that is involved in this, and it's another. Um, I don't know if it's um, it's something World Vision, I believe. I, I'll check it and I can send it to Heyman. Okay. Because it's true, we have at the moment compassion burnout. It's like yeah. at, uh, among volunteers. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was thinking. You know, one of the things that this. Uh, that this room and the podcast that results from it and the social media that if all of you shared it would do would be get some more volunteers and get them get them to replace the people who have compassion fatigue because I'm sure that it's not something that you can do for very long. First of all, you're in a war zone. Second of all, you're not, you know, you didn't... You, <laughs> You're not uh, trained for it. And, and third, um, anybody who's on duty 24 hours a day 
taking care of children who are missing their mothers and fathers can burn out pretty quickly. So I think what we need or what might really help and what women can really do is be part of a larger and I wish Andreas the Corso were in the room. I he knows how, how to get this activism going. I'd love to add one more thing, Dr. Francine, and that's around. Thank you, Cesara, for your uh, sharing. Really, really insightful uh, and powerful. One of the things that's super important to understand is that men and women de-stress differently, deal with stress differently and PTSD. Women worry constantly. And uh, if you've seen the TED Talk, Dr. Francine, you see that I show a resting male brain versus a resting female brain. Our brain is alive even when we're resting. So I know that was the most amazing thing about you, Barbara, is is like there is nothing um, that you could um, that you know that you could do to make a woman's brain stop. No, except you can take care of yourself, and that's super important. Not to feed. The female rumination or the worry, you know, that we all have right now, even for Ukraine and everybody in Ukraine, right? Um, so, you know, Sarah, back to you. The way to really help these women is to have them understand that, you know, women do tend to worry differently and need to de-stress differently. And there's a big study at UCLA that talks about women need to tend and befriend and men tend to use fight and flight, right? Um, so this tend and befriend, hold hands, Women are the healers in this world of ours. And, and during war, we really need to step into that so that these women can be helped. So I just wanted to add that. Well, Dr. Francine. Yes. This is Coco. I just wanted to thank you for opening this room. It's uh, I've been a huge fan of Piotr's room since it started. But I, I'm happy to hear what Barbara's saying because I do find that I'm getting more stressed. And I live with my daughter and I'm helping raise the kids and so we homeschool and do homesteading, but um, I really look forward to this room and this space for a more calming gender balanced perspective. And uh, I want to thank all the moderators and just say hello and thank you for the room. Oh, great, Coco. Thank these, number one, different perspectives. And number two, I want to get volunteers. Now I know what I- what the overwhelming purpose of this room will be. And that will be uh, to get people to get people uh, to volunteer and, and relieve some of those volunteers that have been over there since the beginning of the war. And I didn't even, I guess I'm stupid or I'm, you know, America, American centric or whatever. Um, but I do think that um, that now we have to, when everybody's around in this um, Friends, you know, you're fluctuating. Your connection's yes. fluctuating. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I also want to add one more thing. This is Barbara again. We also need to um, help refugees who need a home, right? So actually my sister lives in Portugal and she has a, a mother, Ukrainian mother and a 12-year-old son living with her right now. Um, but, you know, what's interesting is she was sharing, she started sending money and they sent it back and they said, we don't want money. Uh, we need help. Very interesting. The fact that they did that. 
I'm also cognizant. I, I was well, I invited Irma a while back, but I think Irma had been uh, Irma Raste, who many of you may know. Um, she's uh, Ukrainian by background, and um, she's actually been trying to help family members there as well. And in the process, we've both and Cesara especially has been. Th- uh, thank you for that. Has been helpful, like pointing to resources, and there are plenty of resources that are out there. And I'll post a link right now. Cesara's link is up there. Domo. Uh, Dopomoha Romanian website. It's linked at the top of Twitter and I will post, uh, it's on the top of Clubhouse and I'll post it to the other rooms shortly. Uh, but there's also other, uh, there's another one that was started by a group of individuals who, it's a Google Doc that has a lot of information about where how you could help anywhere in the world. And also don't forget, there's also organizations like uh, Medicine Sans Frontier, Doctors Without Borders, as well as the UNHCR, you know, UN, uh, um, the the refugee uh, wing of the UN is also. Do we work. know what? Do we know what Ms. Mid Sam Frontier are doing? Yeah, so it's on their website. Um, so they are. Um, I mean, they are predominantly uh, medical focused, but they are often the ones who are early on. But in the crisis right now, uh, I, they have some details on their website. So I don't want to take any time from the discussion here, but I'll post the link shortly. But of course, you always go to the the uh, root people, though, because they're the ones on the ground. And so, for instance, Cesara's group, uh, as well as I'll send, I'll post a link of that uh, Google Doc shortly, and you'll be able to find information from there as well. So go to the ones who are right at the front lines, or at least helping at the ground level, um, if you wish to know or learn from them. Well, and the other thing that we have to worry about is getting misinformation. You know, there is a lot of mis and disinformation coming out of Russia. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I, I, I'm sure everyone else can. Frank, you've been in this space for a while. Rick, uh, Coco, anyone else want to chime in? Uh, this is Dr. Pectang. Sorry, I don't know. Um, I, got, I had to go on a work call, so I'm sorry if I'm bringing up something that has been brought up before. Um, so... I'm Dr. Park Tang. There's a little bit of an echo. I don't know. I mean, that's probably just inherent to. Yeah, I've taken care of that for now. Situation yeah. we got going. Oh, um, the uh, I'm Dr. Park Tang. I'm an emergency physician. Uh, my my humanitarian dollars have been going to Doctors Without Borders. Um, they've been posting. If you follow their Instagram. They've been posting some on-the-ground footage, um, which I think could be trusted uh, from from what they're seeing there. Um, as an emergency physician, uh, this situation, it, it, it's um, very distressing. Uh, as someone who's on the board of directors of an international emergency medicine organization, um, it's very distressing, and we've heard from a lot of our members about their needs, and we're trying to best support them uh, in the ways we can, mentally, financially, resource-wise. Um, as a mother uh, of three young daughters, I am completely thrown into reeling for the women and children in Ukraine, um, you know, if you open up any news outlet, you will see, uh, horrific images of women that are just trying to, that are just trying to keep their children and themselves safe as much as possible. 
um, while still showing pride of country. And um, I don't know, the thing that made me open up my wallet even more um, from this side of the world is, I don't know if you all saw the footage of the CNN um, and trigger warning, the CNN reporter, um, uh, photographer that took a picture of, or they were taking video image and they saw, um, they uh, were attacked in what should have been a civilian's quote unquote safe route of exit. Um, and then the photographer, the CNN photographer had taken a photo of a, a woman with her children um, dead on the street in a quote unquote. Oh, I didn't area. see that. I saw that picture. Yeah, there's video footage, Dr. Francine, if you look on CNN. It, um, there's also interviews of the photography team. Um, and, you know, they, they were brutally attacked as well. And so, um, it, you know, I think it's important to see these images. I think it's important for us to realize uh, the role of women, the, the generational uh, impact. perspective from a mental health medical perspective and um it's a lot it's going to be a lot for a lot to come so any my ask is that anyone that has the means to help please help um it, we're, it's going to be a lot of money needed now and there's going to be a lot of money needed later um and i'll end on that thank you i always think about that where are we going to get that you know, I mean, it's like we then go to um, we we go to. Uh, and then I'll try to send you the uh, link. You can yeah. post it for yourself in the room and Dr. Francine. Okay, thank you yeah, very much. We, we we ask for aid and we get aid, aid and we aid and you know. It, this is a real problem. How do we solve this problem? Yeah. You know, the, the problem is we are going to need so much money. And then who is going to rebuild Ukraine? It's, you know, uh, after after Russia destroys it. If I it's could not also... going to be Russia. They won't rebuild it. They're going to have to... If I could also point out one thing that's different between this room and maybe the uh, the other male-led rooms, it's the fact that you were asking about the nurturing part at the end. Not to say that women are nurturers, but you were asking about the important stuff, right? You were asking about who's going to pay for this, uh, how is how is the recuperation going to be, how like what's the next steps, right? Absolutely. Uh, while in the other rooms, they're talking about let's send weapons, yeah, weapons, uh, airspace, everything, right? And so it's more the yeah, it's like how do we uh, like that's more of destruction. Here you're thinking about how to like you know save people, how to get people across safely across borders. How do you actually? I'm not sure. I'm this is what I'm listening to. Uh, so no, Barbara, you, what do you mean you're not sure? You're totally sure because that's what we are talking about. I'm I'm trying to put context around this. I'm trying to say what is going to happen afterwards because there is going to be an afterwards, and you know like I went to school with people who 
escaped from concentration camps and escaped from the Holocaust in Europe. And they were, um, they, they were affected by that for the whole rest of their lives. I'm thinking now of this person, Peter, who was in my elementary school class, and he had a very funny mouth. And I was like, okay, um, your, your mouth is, you know, we made fun of him. Your mouth is funny. Why is your mouth funny? Well, it later turned out that his parents had to escape from, you know, uh, you know, one of the German occupying forces. And they, they sewed his mouth shut with thread so that he wouldn't cry, so that he couldn't open his mouth and he wouldn't cry. Do you think this guy ever forgot that? Wow. I mean... It, Seriously, that that is something that you you live with the whole rest of your life. I mean, you know, he had some plastic surgery sometime during elementary school, so the physical part of it was was gone. But he also had a speech impediment from it, and 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 he also had, you know, he was probably too young because he was my age, so he might have been three. Or two or four, you know, something like that when they sewed his mouth shut. Now, thinking back on it, you know, I was in elementary school. I registered it, you know, as, oh, my goodness, poor Peter, you know. (laughs) But I didn't register it at, you know, I registered it two ways. Poor Peter and, and Peter, you're funny looking. But now, from this perspective... I register it as that is lifelong trauma. And and when I think when women address a problem, they think in those terms. I mean, Barbara, you're you're also a woman. Yep. So part of the neuroscience of gender differences is the hippocampus, which is the memory centers of our brain. It's more connected and larger in women. So women remember everything. So if if any of the men in this room or are listening to this have ever been in an argument and 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 she'll say something like something like you always do this or you're always late or something like that because women connect all the earliest similar situations and that's why in the PTSD world we always think that PTSD is more of a male thing and a you know soldiers coming back from war or something like that but women have way more PTSD and the PTSD is much more emotional trauma, right? And part of it is because we remember all these things. Um, so, again, I reiterate, you know, back to really how we take care of women in Ukraine and, and volunteers is going to be super important to really understand that. And 9-11, I'll just land with this. 9-11 did a brilliant study, and it might have been in, that, in my book. I've written five books, but the book that you read uh, might have been in that one, same words, different language. But they they... they uh, were taking care of victims of 9-11 and they tested saliva and blood flow and so on in both men and women and uh, the men would share their experiences and the more they shared about it the more distant it became the more factual it became they they would say oh yeah at 9.05 I was the corner of this and this street and I saw that you know very factual 
women, their cortisol went through the roof. And when they shared their experience, it was as if they were happening in the moment. So they, you know, were, were so stressed about it because their hippocampus is much more connected. So women remember that. So very important in counseling that women really learn how to, you know, diffuse it, let go. It happened in the past. It was in the past. It's not today. You know, really make that distinction. Super important. But back to Dr. Francine. Yeah, we remember a lot more things for sure. And it's much more and, relational and emotional. And so, and then it gets diagnosed as anxiety disorder. You know, in a man, it gets, exactly. I mean, I'm just kidding, but in a man, it gets, gets diagnosed as PTSD and in a woman it yes. gets diagnosed as you know anxiety disorder yeah and then women disorder. get medicated right anxiety and emotional disorders versus PTSD absolutely yeah where men men get rapid eye movement treatment anyway it is different and it, and it's like, it's hard because we've spent so much time fighting for equity to understand where the differences really are. And I sure hope this is a good recording because this is, this is a very interesting discussion and it's going to make one hell podcast. Um, this is the Karma Club brought to you by the Karma Coin. Um, which is a social and creative token dedicated to supporting discussions like these and supporting people uh, like these. And Heyman is telling me my connection is fluctuating. So what if for the last 15 minutes or 14 minutes of I come back to Clubhouse and we try to um, summarize and draw some conclusions, perhaps, if there, there are any, that we can draw from there. Oops, Gregarious just joined over here on Twitter Spaces, so I guess I'll stay here. Um, will the Clubhouse, will the clubhouse um, connection be... You're fine now. In, yeah, I think okay. stay wherever you are, whatever position you are, just like an antenna on a TV. I keep feeling <laughs> like I should be one back. But every time I run, I think about running back and forth. Somebody comes in and joins the Twitter space. Not the, not, ah! <laughs> Greg just left. <laughs> Greg, oh my gosh, Greg, I want to see what's happening on the Twitter space screen. <laughs> well, it's not, it's, now it's just me and Heyman, but Greg was in there. And Quick, come on over, Francine. He's such a good friend of mine. <laughs> And it's such a bummer. <laughs> can as Dr. Francine moves to here, um, can I just say that I cannot find this photo and video because there has just been so many photos and videos, unfortunately, of women and children um, dead on the street. Um, and the maternity ward that was also bombed, um, it's... Horrendous, but I, I'm trying to find it, y'all. But I'm 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 experiencing trauma at this moment. Yeah, I think... trying to find it. It's 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 so bad. Oh, I hey, Doctor Francine. <laughs> yes, it, it, you know it's it's like 
oh my God, I'm not in the room. I'm not in the room. I'm not in any room. And it's supposed to be my room. You know, it's so, it is so interesting what happens in a woman's mind. And, you know, when you, the, the older that you get, um, the more, the, uh, let's put it this way, the less resilient you get, you know, it's like, it's like the, the more anxious you get when you're stuck in the in the ether between rooms or, you know, whatever. That was pretty funny. Okay, here comes Greg. <laughs> I didn't mean to kick you off. <laughs> what they think about, about the war as opposed to what men think about about the war and really it turns out Barbara is the expert here Greg but Barbara Barbara's the expert she's written five books about gender intelligence and gender differences and she's become a good friend of mine on Clubhouse and we were discussing um, the hippocampus of the woman and how different the hippocampus is of the woman from the hippocampus of men and how women's brains, stop me when I'm wrong, Barbara, how in women's brains, they're never relaxed. They're all, even in relaxation. Go ahead, Barbara. Yeah, it's harder for women to turn turn their brain off and uh, men actually need to do it to, to replenish their testosterone, which is their... Um, distress hormone and women need to talk it out, vent, you know, share their experiences to replenish their oxytocin, which is their distress hormone. But the other thing I also want to add briefly is that the prefrontal cortex, which is our executive function of the brain, uh, is the consequential thinking of the brain. And in war, women think of the consequences. That's what you see in Piotr's room. Dr. Francine, where women are going, what, what about the consequences with this and how impact will it have over here, over here, over here, right? Versus men are talking about how many guns and, you know, how many planes and tanks can we get and who's delivering what and all that stuff, right? Very strategic, right, kind of thing. So important also to understand that, that women do worry more. And Dr. Francine, as our brain ages, guess what? We worry more. Dr. Daniel Amen is a neuroscientist. He, he wrote a book called Unleash the Power of the Female Brain. I highly recommend that as well. Well, that is so interesting because I remember my mother was always, my mother, you know, who uh, is part of the generation that lived through World War II and the Depression, um, my mother worried constantly. Uh, In fact, she worried so much that, uh, that we all worried about her because she was such a warrior. And, and and the way I knew that she had Alzheimer's was when suddenly she quit worrying. Because I guess whatever it was in the brain that, you know, caused you to worry turned itself off. Yeah, exactly. But it was fascinating. So maybe I should wish for that. No, just kidding. But no, it, don't do that. Yeah. But, but there are tools. There are tools that you can use. And I do it myself because I worry and I worry about Ukraine a lot as well. I have friends, et cetera, right? Is that, is to really sort of say, okay, can I make any difference whatsoever 
if I spend another five minutes worrying about that? If the answer is no, then I go, okay, great. What action can I take to make a difference? So back to Doctors Without Borders, I've been contributing to them for 14 years. I up that and some other things, you know, that I could influence, right? So I really think it's important. Otherwise, we just become frozen, right? Frozen yeah, I'm, I'm worrying. I am constantly worrying about Ukraine, too. Yeah. But one of the reasons why I held this this room was to try to find out if there was anything we could do. And actually, the, you know, I'm... I'm thrilled because Cesara um, led us down a path uh, that was really practical. We can get more volunteers involved. There are, there's a tremendous need for women volunteers and the women volunteers can help take care of children and help take care of refugees and relieve some of the volunteers that have been there since the beginning. And that is like, Okay, you know, now, although I'll certainly worry, um, I feel that I can be somewhat effective because I'll get this podcast out and I'll socialize it more than I usually socialize my podcasts. And then maybe I'll write a, a blog post about it. And then maybe I'll take all those organizations that Cesara, um, is talking about, you know, and I'll, I'll, you know, help people become part of that if they want to go over there and be of help at the borders. And again, I wish Gouda had come because I, I assume that she can't because she was very anxious to talk about the dangers of child trafficking when the women leave their children at the border. What happens? you know, and to those children and how do the women feel? So, I mean, we do need to, we do need to put in, especially since the war seems to be not over. Uh, this morning in Piotr's room, I learned once again that the peace talks are collapsing or have collapsed or whatever. You know, that's the other thing. I always feel like and I know you must feel this way even more, Barbara, because you're trained. But I always feel that because I am a woman, you should send me to a peace talk and I would probably be successful. I absolutely agree, Dr. Francine. Yes, let's put women in front line for peace talk because women are the peacemakers, right? We're wired that way. And that's why I brought up Liberia because the women in Liberia did that in a beautiful, beautiful way. So, yes, absolutely. That's something we can do big time. And even with Piotr's room, we can speak up more and talk about the larger context and talk about the fact that, you know, we need that gender balance in everything. When we've seen wars, if you look historically, um, if you read book Half the Sky, but Nicholas Kristof, he, he wrote a book called Half the Sky about looking at all the wars. More women and girls were killed uh, in all the wars put together in comparison to men, just because of their gender, which is amazing and insane, right? But I really feel that Ukraine can be this paradigm shift where men and women come together and we solve it together. We move from great minds think alike to great minds think unalike. And what is the difference that women can bring? What are their perspectives? What are their insights that men can can uh, gain from as well and, and even do better. So men and women working and winning together 
I really think that's something we can contribute to in a very big way. I'm done for now. Yeah, one, oh. oh, go ahead, Dr. Fakten. Oh, no, I just wanted to say, um, finally, uh, oh, Heyman took it off. Um, the, uh, oh, there it is. Um, I finally found the article. This is actually the op-ed to the original article that the photographer um, wrote with, in conjunction with her other team member. Um, you can see it, the link to it at the top of this article if you open it. But um, this was this opinion, the article written by the man whose family it was? Because I read one of those. No, no. So this is not bad. Uh, this is an opinion piece in response to the article that was written by the photographer and I think the cameraman. Um, who there's a video link as well, but um, as you can see, it's a horrific image of a woman, a mother, um, that was really fleeing with her children, and um, the photographer, you know, was also she and the the video team. Um, or sorry, it was New York Times. I misspoke before. That's why I couldn't find it. It was New York Times, um, and the. Um, so the, the video the videographer and the photographer who are journalists for New York Times, um, they were there and they thought they were in a safe area. And so there's like actually video footage that they were taking of the situation uh, just prior to them uh, going around and taking photos again. And uh, if you watch the video, it's quite horrific. And they were, of course, also in a state of shock. Um, at just being shot at by a shell. And then they, in the video, uh, you can see actually the family in the background, in the far distance. Um, and you can see them getting shot um, by the shell. And then afterwards, when they got their wits about them and, you know, the safety crew, the security crew um, was able to make sure that the situation was quote unquote safe. Uh, they had run over to try to help this family and realized that they were all dead. Um, and so the the photographer, you know, got her wits about her and she's interviewed afterwards um, and took these photos. Oh, that's uh, right. And she has PTSD also. Yeah, of course. Of course. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think this opinion piece is written from a female perspective and highlights a lot of the things um, Dr. Francine and Barbara, you were talking about in the way in which women um, are affected by these things and then move to take action because of these types of things. And, um, and it, it just, it's a lot. It's, I think it's a lot. This story in particular encompasses a lot of, um, from the photographer, from the mother, from the safety, from the impact, from the social and global impact, things and images and stories like this can really tell and move people to do some, get off their ass and do something or give money or give time, whatever you can. I always say, if you don't have money, give time. If you don't have time, give money, do something, please, because we need everyone to do something. And so, um, and women, we definitely do things because, because as Barbara said, we need to do them. We can't yeah, I mean, not. If we don't do them, the family doesn't eat. And that's a metaphor. 
you know, that, that's really a metaphor for a lot of different things. And we do have to wrap this up, but I'd like to thank Barbara for uh, co-hosting with me from Bermuda, where she's supposedly on vacation. And I'd like to thank Cesara and Heyman and Dr. Paktang and Coco and even Rick, who's up here just supporting in silence. And I'd like well, to- I had come along I had before. one question. I had, let, I had one. Let, oh, good. Let's let Rick ask his question. You know, the one thing that I worry about, especially when, you know, I heard this morning, you know, we were talking about uh, leaving the kids with someone. Um, what happened at our southern border over the last, you know, six years where kids get separated from their parents and they get lost, you know, because they're. It was such a chaotic system with so no, many people. No, they get trafficked, Rick. They well, don't just they don't get lost. Yeah, but our government lost the parents and oh, right. the kids. Yes. They didn't know who. They didn't know where to find the parents once the kids got separated. And and still at our border, I think there's something like 700 kids who they can't find the parents. And I worry about this, you know, besides the trafficking, which is always an issue in any kind of war zone or my mass migration. Um, you know, there's always people evil. Those are the most evil people, the trafficking human life. But, you know, just just the the chaos, you know, is somebody keeping track of this? Is there a way to you know, have dog tags for the kids or something so that we know who who they are. Uh, you know, and that's the thing that worries me, especially in a chaotic situation. And what is it, 1.5 million people or something have crossed the border so far? It's a massive number of people. And just so that everyone uh, is understanding that even the smallest efforts can uh, improve a child's life at the border, this is a bunch of clowns, actually. Um, they actually meet kids at the border and cheer them up. It's a heartwarming video. It's just to show that, you know, even the smallest things right. can affect, but I mean, there is a lot more that has to be done, but it's just, uh, at the end of the day, um, I mean, just to connect humanity, just thought you might like to see this. Yeah, Rick, I'm worried about all of that too. And, um, if it had come up or I uh, wish it had come up, of course, we cut you off. But if it had come up earlier, um, we could have had more of a discussion about it. But once again, I'd like to thank everybody for their support. I always love doing these rooms. I love it that you show up and have a conversation with me. And if you also bought uh, Karma Coin from from uh, rally and supported the karma club which is is the organization that sponsors these rooms and actually sponsors a lot of um, women's art projects and creator projects and yes those are all the uh, places where you can get in touch with me should you be wishing to do more of that after today. All right. I love you all.
Have a wonderful thank day. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All Good the best. Morning, thank Dr. you. Dr. Francine, Barbara, Dr. Peck, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's make a difference. Thank you. Thanks, Lucia, for joining. And uh, I'll be closing the room, but we'll we'll definitely have to chat soon. Take care.